my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'd like to invite you, grab your Bibles, meet me in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, and we're going to talk today about a mentality for enlargement and expansion. And this is something very, very important because God's timing is very different from the timing of the world. The world may say this is time to restrict and size down, but God's agenda can be completely different. And you have to remember that you are a covenant child of God, and He deals with you on covenant terms, and He deals with the, with the world in a completely different uh, type of a situation. So God's message is an hourly message. When I say hourly, perhaps not a literal hour on your clock, but it's an hourly message as in the rhema word of what is God saying right now. Praise the Lord. The sons of Issachar were aware of the times and seasons, and we also need to have that prophetic nature so that we don't move in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. And you're going to go in the right direction. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would fall upon your word and that the power of your word would be released into our lives today. We thank you for signs, wonders, miracles, following the preaching, the teaching of your word. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We all agree and say around the world today, amen. Now, we are getting close to Pentecost, which is May 31st. That's a Sunday, and we're only about three and a half weeks out, but we're moving towards a great time of transition within the body of Christ. So I would say up until that time of Pentecost, let the Lord work on you. Some of you uh, especially those of you with your spiritual antennas up, you know God's working. He's working in you because this is a preparation part from Passover to Pentecost, a lot of work going on behind the scenes where God is working. And remember, anytime God's working in your life, uh, uh, perhaps like the onion where layers can be taken off uh, and there's healing, there's deep work of God, uh, anything that God reveals or shows, don't let anything drive you away from the Lord. Let everything, even if it's like a heart surgery, I'm not talking necessarily about going to the, the doctor and to the hospital and getting a heart work done on you. I'm talking about more like spiritual type surgery where God goes to the chambers of your heart, the chambers of your soul, uh, and he's looking at the different areas of your life, uh, working on those little uh, secret areas of your life. Uh, when there's unveiling, the Lord unveils to heal. He doesn't unveil to hit you over the head with a hammer. So let everything that the Lord is doing in this preparation up to Pentecost, and this is a preparation time right now, let it drive you to the Lord. James chapter 4, we see very clearly that those that draw near to the Lord, the Lord will draw near to them. Praise God. Now, the devil would like to use everything to drive you away from God, but use everything to drive you towards the Lord, and you will find the Lord's right there with you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So it's going to be good. Now, today we're talking about a mentality for enlargement and expansion. We have as our key verse, Isaiah 54, we're dropping down the verse two, and it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Uh, 
and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. I've actually have heard from some people they're doing the exact opposite. And uh, you have to be careful that you don't follow a crowd, uh, especially a crowd uh, that would be doing wrong. You want to follow the wisdom and the counsel of God. Now, verse 3, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We possess the promises of God, such as the ones I just read to you of enlargement and expansion. We possess the promises of God through faith and patience. You can have faith, but Many of the blessings, and particularly the rich things that God has for you, the really good stuff that He's got planned for your life, you're going to have to also incorporate patience because it doesn't happen overnight. And that is because God allows there to be maturing, He allows there to be refining, and so that the nature of Christ is developed in you and is expressed through you in a way that is pleasing to the Father. So there's faith and patience, but there does come the moment, there does come the season when God begins to move and your faith and patience is rewarded, and that is the time you move with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You flow with God's agenda from heaven. Woo! Praise God. Now, there are different voices within the body of Christ. And just like the body, the human body, which Paul explained in first Corinthians, he went into great detail about how we need every part. We need the eyes. We need the ears. We need the big toes, small toes. We need everything, internal organs, uh, external parts, everything is necessary. But my friends, it's, it's interesting because the mouth, the, the voice, the tongue is very, very important in what's being said. Uh, is very, very necessary. Even, even to the part where I can predict your future, I really can, based upon who you're listening to. And if you're listening to voices right now that are telling you to, in, uh, you know, maybe they're not directly saying shut down, but they're kind of they're like saying, hey, you know, just get ready for everything to fall apart. Uh, the world is going to go down the tubes and stuff like that. Uh, then if you listen to that, you'll begin to get in the fear and you'll begin to constrict and you'll begin to pull back from what God wants you to do. I heard a minister, a good minister, but he's, he's a minister that sometimes just says things um, that I, I don't think that should be probably said. And uh, he basically was saying that, how can I, how can I bring it into a nutshell of what he was trying to say? He was trying to say that things are going to get much, much worse, as if we don't know that. I mean, there, there's a part where we know we're heading towards the last chapter of this book, and we've read Revelation. I've read it over and over many times. We know what's coming. But, my friends, you have to understand that many of things that are coming to the world, they're not coming to the church. Woo, praise God. Mm -mm. And so the way he was talking uh, it just made you almost want to throw in the towel, as they would say, you know, in boxing or, you know, it's kind of the same in mixed martial arts. If there's a, you know, you have two, uh, two guys that are competing, they're fighting. Uh, if one guy is doing really, really bad where his corner guy can take a towel and throw it into the ring, that means just stop. <laughs> and it's just like he almost took a towel and just threw it into the ring. And uh, I think a lot of people were probably kind of left wondering after he gave this particular message. But again, 
Well, I sit back. I think, well, now hold on a minute. This is the same minister that when he was asked, you know, uh, you know, three and a half years ago, you know, who's going to who's going to be the next president? He's, he just said, oh, Hillary is going to. It'll, it'll, it'll be Hillary. Well, it didn't. It didn't. So what I'm trying to say with some of these voices that can even be conservative in nature is that often they're not picking up on the prophetic heartbeat of God. They're picking up on the news uh, and they're picking up on what they can see with their physical senses. And that's why a lot of those people, they thought uh, Trump was never going to win. And oh, oh, but the moment he won, hey, we were right there with you the whole time. Oh, what a bunch of total baloney. <laughs> and they weren't. They never thought he was going to win. Yet some of them are in the White House today visiting and shaking his hand and patting him on the back. They're acting like, they're acting like they were there with him the whole time when the reality was that they weren't. And they didn't even think he was going to win. Well, others who were on the prophetic spectrum... And can see beyond the news, can see beyond just the natural plane. Others were like, hey, he's going to win, and we're standing with him, even though this is not popular right now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I, I just know that that one minister that said, hey, you know, things are going to get really worse now, and he's the same one that said Trump's not going to win. But, my friends, a lot of the voices that are speaking, they're They're sincere. They're sincere. They do see difficulties and challenges and so forth. But here, here's something they're not picking up on. It's called a move of God. Sometimes it's called a revival. Sometimes it's been called an awakening. But they're not picking up on that at all. They're, they're just looking at the natural thinking, yeah, it's, woo, things are going to descend down into the pit. Woo! I mean, you, you would almost, after some of those messages, be ready to pack everything up and move away out into the middle of Alaska and just, you know, try to maybe, you know, chop a few trees down and build yourself a cabin and, you know, live off wild salmon and, uh, you know, and drink the creek water. I, I don't know. But that's not God's plan. That is not God's plan for you. It's not time to retreat. It's not time to pull back. This is actually, and this is why this is a God thing. This is actually, according to Isaiah 54, verses 1 and 2 and 3, this is a time of your enlargement. God is aware of everything that's going on out there in the earth, but he's also aware of stuff that many people don't know about. Now, it does say in God's word that he will not do anything unless he reveals it to his prophets. He's going to let the prophets know. And I speak more from a prophetic type nature. Oh, I could read the news and I can get out there and just talk a bunch of stuff based off of the news. That's what a lot of, a lot of ministers do. They really, they're really just watching the news too much. But if you get alone with the Lord and pray, the Lord is saying, this is not your time of being constricted and being cut down. This is your time of expansion. Woo, praise God. Not just for ministries, but for Covenant people, covenant businessmen and businesswomen and, and other workers where you have your career in other types of industries. I'm telling you, this is your time of enlargement. Well, Pastor Stephen, according to the news, everything's not. I mean, this company said they may have to go into bankruptcy and this company said they may have to downsize and, and stuff like that. But I'm saying those are companies and those are peoples that have no covenant with God. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Stephen? Oh, 
Oh, that, that corporation, that business over there that says they're going to have to, you know, uh, uh, go in the bankruptcy. Oh, is that a tithing corporation? Hey, do you guys tithe 10% of your income into the storehouse of God? Oh, well, no. Well, that's why they can get wiped out overnight. Anything could hit them. They could be strong one day, but something hit. Next thing you know, they're shaking and they're teetering. They were on top. Now they're on the bottom. Now they may even be gone. But I'm talking to covenant people. Let that go into your spirit. Your testimony will be different because you are a covenant child of God. This is your moment to shine. Now, I can't say that to those out, in the, out of the world who have no covenant with God, who are separated from God because of their sins. I can't say that. But to a covenant child of God, this is your time to shine. This is your time to enlarge. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 1. And let's go down to verse 17. Again, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion. Now, spreading out, the city's spreading out. You're going to spread out, okay? You're going to spread out how? Through prosperity. God's prosperity will touch you. As a covenant child, regardless of the shakings that are out there, praise the Lord. God's actually going to demonstrate the covenant to you, and he's going to prove to you that it works, and he's going to do it right in front of the unbelievers. Woo! Watch this. He's going to even do it in front of some unbelieving Christians who just think we're all somehow rolled into the same ball of wax, and whatever happens to them happens to us, and we could just all die at any moment. No, that's just a total bunch of baloney. That's not true. When you have a covenant with God, you have divine immunity against what's taking the others down. A thousand may fall. Yes, they may fall on your side. And 10,000 at your right hand. Yes, they may fall. But it shall not come near you. And God is going to demonstrate the covenant, the power of it to hold you up, to support you. Watch this. Not just to keep you alive, but to increase you right in the midst of all the shakings that are going on. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My city shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Now, oftentimes, Zion or Jerusalem actually uh, prophetically symbolizes the believer. And God is going to cause prosperity to come to you, and he's going to comfort you. Verse 18, then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? So he answered me, these are the horns or the power. See, horns represent power and strength. These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Well, that's, that's not good. That's God's holy people. That's the holy city of God. Yes, these are the evil powers, four of them, four horns. And maybe there has been powers that have tried to scatter your finances, that have tried to diminish your life, that have tried to wreck your life. After all, we do know Satan's agenda is very simple. It's a three-part nature, steal, kill, destroy. That's, that's just his method of operating. Okay, but God always has a solution 
Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. Some translations say four carpenters or builders. And that their craftsmen says that they're really good carpenters. They can build really well. You can tell when a house has been built by a master craftsman as compared to somebody that just, you know, was maybe just got out of the, you know, the trade school and they're still trying to get a lot of this stuff figured out. You can tell the difference. Well, these are four craftsmen. Okay. And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. You can't lift up your head. You're afraid to answer the phone lest it be the debt collector. Okay. Or these other types of oppressive situations. It may not be that bad for you, but th thank God. Maybe you don't have a debt collector call you. Maybe the wolves are not, uh, you know, hot in hot pursuit of you. <laughs> Garnishing your wages and all those awful things that are like the catfish bottom feeders of society that just trouble people that get themselves in horrible messes. May you never know such a condition. But my friends, either still, uh, even if it's not a hot situation like that, nevertheless, there are many people they cannot lift up their head and they cannot step into their destiny because there are these powers that are holding back yet God still has the solution okay but the craftsmen the carpenters are coming to terrify them oh you've had enough harassment how about the how about the Lord turn the situation and the Lord begin to harass those who've harassed you praise God we haven't seen we haven't seen a lot of the heavenly divine backup or judgments in many ways it looks like crooked politicians do crooked things hide it and they get away with it although everybody knows they did it <laughs> I mean the the proof is overwhelming and the crookedness and the deceit and the, the cheating and the stealing and all of it just you know all of it just is awful and you see them do it and get away with it and you think well you know, what's going on? Uh, where's even God's judgment coming in to deal with this? You're going to begin to see that. You are going to begin to see that. Things are going to turn in certain ways. Watch for it. Where even if judicial systems fail, God won't fail. God will override and God will be the judge. He already is, but he's going to be, begin to move in certain areas where the church would try to be blocked. And if there's somebody that's going to try to block the church, and even if the, the law, the highest laws and the highest judges of the land side with corruption, well, God will override because nothing's going to stop the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We're going forward, and we're going to get the Great Commission completed. That's what we're going to do. And in order to do that, there has to be not the church shrinking down, but the enlargement and the expansion of the church. And that, of course, includes you. You're in on that. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. Mm -mm. Of course, anytime, anytime you side against Israel, you're going to go down in perpetual historical defeat and failure. Always stand with the nation of Israel. Always stand with God's chosen people. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's move on. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. This is a prophetic message because I'm here to tell you that although there may be economic distress, Although there may be uncertainty and a lot of fear, although there may be layoffs and downsizing, I'm here to tell you today that God has upsizing planned for you. Woo! Praise the Lord. 
Stay on the covenant. Stay on the covenant. Say, I'm a covenant man. I'm a covenant woman. I'm standing on the covenant. And you'll never go down because the covenant can never go down. For the covenant to go down, day and night would have to cease existing. Woo, praise God, if you've noticed it's still in operation. Mm-mm. For the covenant to go down, the earth would have to be dissolved and done away with. But it's still here, and I'm standing on it, and you're on it too. And my friends, the covenant is still working. It's in operation. Psalm 115, verse 14, may the Lord give you increase more and more. I dare you to believe it right now. Right now. Well, Pastor Stephen, I could really take a hold of this message if the economy was doing much better. Oh, really? So if the economy is doing better, that actually helps you. Uh, you know, I, I hear people say that sometimes, and you look at their life, and it never changes. It, it doesn't change if there's recession, except maybe a recession, it does hurt them. But when the economy is flourishing, it's not touching them. It's just it's touching like fat cats on Wall Street or, you know, t touching the billionaire tycoons or, or, you know, those that can come in and move the markets by investing, you know, $20 billion in this stock. And then, you know, they're just getting richer. But a lot of people, it doesn't matter if, you know, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average goes high. It doesn't touch them at all. So we need to just do away with all of these excuses as if our prosperity depends on on the market cycles of the American economy. Our prosperity depends upon our covenant relationship with God and holding to that. Praise the Lord. Because God's plan right now, in the midst of whatever's going on out, out there, God's plan right now for you is that you increase more and more. And if you believe it, and you stand on that covenant, you will start going up right in the midst of all kinds of other funny stuff and shakings that are going on out there. You will be going up. And you know what that is? That's supernatural. That's why it's hard for some people to connect with this message because they view prosperity in the sense, well, you know, we just go do our job and we work hard and do the best we can and we put our best effort in and what we get paid is what we get paid and that's all it is to it. No, that's called the natural man's way of operating. Okay. But your way of operating is on a covenant platform and that is a supernatural miraculous platform. Thank you, Jesus, that causes you to go uphill even if the water's flowing downhill. Thank you, Jesus, and that's what you are going to do. Psalm 66, we're very close by. Let's drop by that one as well. You're going to have increase more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Now, see, this is a mentality. This is a mentality for enlargement and expansion. You have to think like this. You can't, you can't be thinking, we're going to have to shut everything down. We're going to have to sell everything and get rid of everything. And we're going to have to live off beans and rice and just starve. No, God has a mentality of his word. He wants your mind to be formed and the thought processes to be shaped by his word. That's why I'm putting his word into your heart. And it's just into your heart. Your mind begins to meditate upon it and it begins to produce in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 66 verse 10 for you. Oh God have tested us. Wow. That's amazing. God will allow testing at times. I'll, I, I will absolutely admit that he even allows financial testing. He tested Abraham about what Abraham would do with Isaac when God gave the instruction to take him and offer him as a sacrifice. God will allow 
Test him. If he gives you an instruction and directs you by the Holy Spirit to sow a financial seed, he will test you. Are you going to do that or not? And those that are obedient, the Lord brings the increase into their lives. Now, sometimes when people get tested, when they get tested or there's financial pressure, some people in the church, they make the mistake. And the first thing they do is they stop tithing. And that you just you just cut yourself off from the covenant. You completely removed yourself from the financial covenant. And now you're on your own. It, now it is up to your own smarts. And there's a lot of other smart people out there you're competing with. Now it is up to your own strength and your own ability. And there's a lot of other people out there competing with you who have a lot of strength and a lot of ability also. So if you come off the tithe, you have come off the platform of the financial covenant. And I've seen people do that when there's trials, financial trials. Maybe they feel the heat. Maybe they feel the heat. They back off the word. It's like Saul. He was king, and he received an instruction from the prophet Samuel, who got it from headquarters from heaven, about hold up, wait till what well, you know, wait till the prophet gets there before we make any sacrifices. But Saul, you know, he got impatient, and there was pressure, and people had expectations for him to get things done, and uh, he acted impatiently, and he went ahead and made the sacrifice. And once it was done, the moment, the moment he finished, here comes the prophet. Here comes the prophet. If he would only have waited like another 20 minutes. Oh, his destiny would have been very, very different. So God can allow these testings. But if you hold to the word and you know that God's plan for you is to increase and you hold to the word and you stay faithful, you honor the Lord with the tithe because it belongs to him. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. And you still sow seed when the Holy Spirit leads you to my friends, you will increase. You will increase when others are under the pressure and they're trying to figure out what to do just to survive. And you will be exempted from that crazy pressure. God will keep you. God will keep you. Praise God. This is a supernatural platform that we work from. Psalm 66. Again, verse 10, for you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. And that's that refinement, that testing, that heat, that will you do the right thing? Will you do the right thing? Well, Pastor Stephen, if I, if I, if I, don't, if I give the Lord the tithe, then I'm not going to have enough. Well, then something's off. Something's wrong. Something's wrong already. You should be walking wisely with your finances. And God will begin to bring healing and establish healing into your financial health. Praise the Lord. But don't ever come off that. I've seen people do it. And I've seen them not recover. I've seen them not recover because they just, they just think, well, I have. They, they justify it in the natural. They justify it in the natural. But my friends, it's not God's plan for you. Now, you brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. In other words, we've been through situations that were not comfortable. And you know, a lot of times God allows those things to teach us, teach you what it's like to be a slave to the lender so that you can realize, you know what? I don't like being a slave. I don't, I don't like people riding over my head. I, I know they offered me an 84 month loan, but, uh, I don't know if I want to be in uh, bondage, you know, for 84 months on a vehicle. I think I'd rather just buy a used car for cash and, you know, repair it when it needs to be repaired. I, I don't think I want to be a slave. I, so you get used to people riding over your head. I wouldn't say used to it, but you know what that's like. And you, you come to a, a wisdom reality 
I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to be free. Praise God. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out. And that's the plan that God has for you. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. The King James Version says, you brought us out to the wealthy place. The wealthy place, a place of rich fulfillment. This in the Hebrew means a place of great expansion. This is a large place. That's where God's taking you. And I'm not talking about when you die and go to heaven. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, one day I'm going to cross the Jordan River when I die, and I'll finally make it to the Canaan land. Well, no, the Canaan land was never a type or symbol of heaven. Well, why, Pastor Stephen? Because the Canaan land has giants. <laughs> you have to fight. You have to war. And when you go to heaven, there's no, gi there's no giants you have to kill. There's no warfare in heaven. That's all down here. That's all down here. So your Canaan land is down here and you come out into your rich fulfillment, your wealthy place of enlargement down here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Eliminate from your thinking any thoughts that will tell you that increase is not possible right now. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, 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 I don't agree. I, 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 now, I would agree with you that we could increase if the economy is doing good. Then the economy is your God. Then you're looking to the economy to be your provider, and God is not your source. So you need to make that adjustment because God is your source, and God's never hungry. God's never in need. And if he were, he wouldn't say, hey, can somebody buy me a, a cheeseburger? I'm a little hungry up here. We're having a recession. Uh, can somebody uh, help me? Uh, Gabriel, Michael, could you lend me a little? Could you lend me a dollar? God's not like that. God is the source, and you know he's loaded. Okay, God has plenty. But God wants you to trust him. God is a faith God. It is impossible to please him without faith, and you're going to have to believe that he is your source. And he has on. Limited supply. Woo! Hallelujah. Just because your county or your state may have a little bit of a struggle doesn't mean God's struggling. Okay? So God can help you. God can supply you. And God can increase you right where you're at. Regardless of what nation you're living in. Now, some Christians say, well, we, we can't really prosper, Pastor Stephen, the way you're preaching. First of all, I'm not, this is not my theology. This is the Bible's way of communicating. This is biblical theology, not Stephen Brooks's theology. But some people say, Pastor Stephen, we can't prosper the way that you do or the way that you Americans do because you have such a, 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 a prosperous nation. You have a prosperous nation. Well, if that's true, why are there so many poor people in America? There's poor people all over America, all over America. How come they're not prospering? My friends, the covenant will work for you anywhere you live in this world. If you lock on to this covenant, you will start going up. It will work in any nation. And if it couldn't, you might as well take, the, take it and just throw it away. Take the Bible and throw it away. Hallelujah. If the blood of Jesus only saves Americans, but it won't work, salvation won't work anywhere else, we would just might as well throw all this away. It's a joke. But it's true. The gospel is for the whole world. And the blood of Jesus will wash a Jewish person clean. It will wash... It will wash somebody like me clean. It will wash anybody clean if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and his promises. And the financial covenant is just as strong. If you will lock on to it, it will lift you up regardless of where you live.
regardless of poverty that may be around you. And suddenly, suddenly you have proofs. You have proofs of God's mighty power. Now listen, signs, wonders, miracles follow the teaching, the preaching of the word. I am ministering the word of expansion and enlargement to you. Let there be signs and wonders that follow this in your life where while others might be struggling, you go out and buy a new car cash. While others might be struggling, you go out and buy a new property cash. Woo! Praise the Lord. And people are going to wonder, how are you doing this? And you tell them, it's through the covenant of increase that God has with His covenant people. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And it works, and the Lord will bring you into your wealthy, rich place. Now, we are in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We're going to go down to verse 9, and we're going to look at the prayer of Jabez. And if you're a little bit squirmish because of having been pumped full, perhaps of decades of religious fluff, what you're about to read may be too strong for you. It may be a little bit too bold for you. You may even call it heretical. I, I, I'll tell you this. If my old preacher that I grew up in, uh, whose church I grew up in, way down in the backwoods in the sticks of Mississippi, if he would have preached this, and he would have preached First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, and said, now everybody gather around the altar, we're going to kneel down and we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to do the same thing for us, I can guarantee you the elders of the church would have rose up, they would have picked him up, they would have thrown him out of the church, and they would have said, you heretic, we brand you a heretic forever, never come back. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This mentality of God's enlargement and expansion was so foreign to us growing up in church. We actually thought God wanted us to be little, to be, uh, of course, we thought if you were little and, uh, and poor and broke, we thought that meant you were humble. We didn't know it meant that we were ignorant of the will of God. Praise the Lord. And, of course, the devil laughed, and the, the devil loved it because why? We had no power. <laughs> let's, put the, let's put the preacher on radio. How? We ain't got no money. That, you know, that, that's the truth. Let's get the preacher on TV. Oh, that had been like, you might as well said, let's send him to the moon and back. It just, it just there's been no way. Nobody in the church had any money. You could look around the church, and you know what you're looking at? A bunch of humiliated Christians. Humiliated because they're broke and they don't have any money. And some of them actually, they actually thought it made them holy. The truth is, it didn't make them holy. Holiness is, is, is irrelevant. Uh, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor. That, that doesn't have anything to do a bearing on holiness. That's, that's an inner work between you and God. But my friends, my friends, God has expansion. I, look, I'm crazy enough to say it. God has enlargement and expansion prepared for you right now. Right now, you can start going up right now, praise the Lord, and there's going to be a real release right around Pentecost going forward. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Now, let's take a look at it. Verse 9, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. 
look, look for the ones that perhaps have caused some pain. The Lord doesn't often choose the goody, you know, the, the goody two-shoes or those that are, how can we say, flawless and perfect. Um, he, can, he can use people like that, no question about it. I think that's wonderful. But God's basic method of operating is choosing the foolish things of the world. That way when God chooses them, they realize how reliant they are upon Him because they know where He took them from. And oftentimes God picks what many would consider like leftovers or the rejects that nobody else wanted. And God will take that person and as that person begins to get developed in the word and then the spirit of God begins to come on them and there's an anointing, and then God begins to raise them, up, raise them up and they're always mindful of where they came from. So pain, pain can be a very interesting, but yet this is the one that God chose. And I've got, I've got brothers, but I'll have to say this. My other brothers never caused my parents any trouble. Uh, you know, I've got an older brother, and he's, you know, the, the physics genius, and he's the math whiz, and he's the one that all through high school and stuff would just blow the curves and, you know, uh, of the grading chart and would, you know, the perfect scores. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, my parents lo loved him because he was the genius, and he really is. He's in, in the Mensa Society, which means you've got this super high IQ. <laughs> And so he, you know, he was like, you know, all the, all the teachers, oh, oh, he's going to be the brilliant scientist and stuff like that. And I had the younger brother. Uh, he also had the, the touch of the math brain. And, uh, it, you know, he was also, you know, more quiet, reserved, and everybody loved him. But I was the one that always got in trouble. I was the one that always would say something kind of like crazy or stupid. Oh, we can't believe you said that. You've embarrassed the family, you know. <laughs> but I was just always kind of like colorful, <laughs> silly. I could stand before a class in school, and I, I, can, I can make the whole classroom laugh. I could start telling the stupidest, goofy jokes, and, uh, and everybody's laughing. Uh, my brothers, they couldn't have touched that. They couldn't do anything like that. But I, I had like a totally different type of nature. Of course, my parents didn't understand that. They're like, they wanted me to be like the family, you know, you know calm and reserved and, and dignified and, you know, go to college and uh, get a degree, get a master's, get a Ph.D., and then become a scientist or something like that. And then, you know, just follow this pre-planned protocol of, like, don't ever rocked the boat but I I caused my parents a lot of grief because I was just so different and uh, also I, I, I had this you know kind of wanted to explore and how can I say it I loved God but the church that I was raised in we did not know the power of God we, a we actually had no clue of it we wouldn't have put this down as a theology uh, as a statement of faith within our church but we wouldn't have written it or expressed it but it was really within our hearts that we basically we know we're saved we know that we're going to go to heaven but we fully anticipate to get the daylights beaten out of us by the devil until we get there you know, we, we were just like, God, one day we're going to die, and it'll all be over with. Uh, but till then, whoo, it's going to be rough going. But you know what? The church did not put into us the power of the gospel, or what we would call the full gospel. So although we were saved and we sincerely loved the Lord, I didn't really have the power to stand against 
the devil. I didn't have the tools. I needed to fight. I, 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 I felt like I had a toothpick out there trying to fight the devil with the toothpick and just got overwhelmed and temptations would hit and I would yield and give in and stuff like that. And, you know, people say, ha ha, ha the devil made you do it, didn't he? Well, I, you know, how was I supposed to stop? <laughs> you know, give me something to fight him with. <laughs> uh, well, Brother Brooks, one day it'll all be over with. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do until then? <laughs> well, glory to God. Some of you are laughing because you're probably raised to same way but but despite of all of those circumstances the pain like Jabez I mean his, his mother's like I'm naming you I, I'm naming you in honor of all the pain that you cost me <laughs> but despite that God's hand was on Jabez and the brothers I, I don't really know anything about the brothers but it was it was about him and his walk with God. And I'm glad my family's saved and they love the Lord. But all I'm saying is God called me because I'm the, I was really in a sense, the only one that would like, yeah, Hey Lord, I've been rejected by everything else. Oh yeah. Lord choose me. Here I am. Kind of like Isaiah God, you know, God's in a, a strategy, a corporate heavenly boardroom meeting, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. We need to send somebody who are we going to send? And I, Isaiah overhears the conversation. He says, Lord, here I am. Send me <laughs> Lord. I'm crazy enough to do it. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Look for the ones that have had the pain that have caused the pain. Don't be surprised if that's the one that God calls. Mm -hmm. See a lot of, a lot of parents when they have the child that never causes any pain. Oh, they've already got that child's life planned out and it's certainly not going to be the ministry. Oh no, he's going to be the attorney. He's going to be the lawyer. He's going to be the politician. We're going to raise him and groom him for what we have planned. Uh, that's nice. Go ahead and have fun. Knock yourself out. But God often goes for that one. Watch out for the one that's caused the pain. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, I dare some of you, look, I flat out dare some of you to pray a prayer like this. And some of you, bless your heart, you wouldn't because your mentality is not there yet, but we're going to get you there. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's selfish. No, it's biblical. It's biblical. Hallelujah. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Now, preacher, we've had about enough of that crazy preaching. <laughs> my friends, this is the Word of God. It, this is the Word of God. There are probably some people that would say, oh, that's just being selfish. That's just being prideful. But you know what? We need to stick with God's Word. And we need to, we need to let our minds be molded into the way of thinking that is expressed in the Word of God. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory. Say that. Say, God, enlarge my territory. Mm -hmm. Felt good, didn't it? Somebody just got free. Some, something just broke off. Several people. I saw it in the Spirit. See, they get the new anointing. Some of you are going to have to let go of the old anointing, that old mindset, that old way of thinking, that you're never going to make a difference that you're just going to be like a little, you know, like a little turtle in a shell crawling through life. Nobody ever notices you or anything like that. God's got plans for you. God's got the Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 plan for you. The light is going to shine on you. This is the time of your lifting and your rising. Hallelujah. Enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me. 
and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. He's like, I've caused enough. And I was the same way. Lord, I've, I've caused enough pain. I did enough crazy things. <laughs> well, praise God. Hallelujah. And it says, so God granted him what he requested. This is what religion says. God granted what he requested, except for that part about enlargement. Mm -hmm. Pastor Stephen, enlargement is of the devil. Well, if, if it really were the devil's plan to destroy you through enlargement, then how come he doesn't double your salary every month? If financial enlargement is bad, and it's of the devil, and the devil's plan is to destroy you, then why would he destroy you by doubling your salary if enlargement is so bad? You just, just stop and think sometimes about the arguments against prosperity that people make, and when you stop to think about it, you really realize how foolish and unbiblically based they are. Hallelujah. God granted him what he requested. Some people would say now God would grant everything except that that request for enlargement, that his territory be enlarged. But God gave it to him. And that meant that he increased. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, we better examine the context. If there was enlargement, the economy must have been doing really good. God has no respect for that. Not that God doesn't want a, a nation's economy to do poorly. He wants it to do well. But you think that's going to hold God back? Well, we need, to, we need to verify that before God answers this prayer that the Dow Jones gets back up to 30,000. No, 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 no. God doesn't work like that. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, all throughout the Scripture, we see that God's desire is for enlargement it is for expansion. And I'm here today to tell you, I'm crazy enough to tell you that God wants to do that in your life right now. Mm -mm. You know, when this coronavirus thing began to hit, and really just before all the airports began to close down, did you know that a big group of wealthy people from Silicon Valley, California, grabbed all their basics grabbed a bunch of money and they all got on planes and flew to the bottom of the world there in New Zealand. And by the way, we have online church members and ministry partners in New Zealand. A lot of those super wealthy uh, business people from Silicon Valley, they got on planes, private planes, commercial planes, whatever they could do. And they flew to their multimillion dollar concrete bunkers that they had already prepared for, you know, what would be like a uh, virus outbreak or, you know, some type of infectious uh, plague or something like that. They all hunkered down thinking this is it. Well, it wasn't. Now they've all got to make the long journey back. But my friends, I'm here to say that God's expansion for you, despite all of these things that go on out there that are so bizarre and so weird, the stuff that people do, don't let those things influence you. Oh, they're all fleeing to the bottom of the world. Yeah, if you go down there, if you go down there you're going to probably end up getting messed up. You know, you, you have to go with God. Praise the Lord. Safety and security is with the Lord and what he has planned for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord told Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. And if he'd have gone down there thinking he's going to get out of the, you know, troubles and challenges that he faced there locally, 
If he thought he was going to get away from it, it had only gotten worse. But he stayed there. He stayed there, and he flourished and prospered, and he went up. He went up and increased right in the middle of famine. Praise the Lord. Now, a little advice. Don't flaunt your wealth that God's going to bring you into. Don't, don't use your prosperity as a means to try to intimidate people or boss people around. You will shine with God's blessing upon your life as you stay humble and as you stay sweet. And if people, a lot of times in jealousy, would persecute you, which they're going to, just, just prepare your heart for that. Be strong. Don't let that stuff bug you, okay? That, a lot of that's just jealousy. Probably 95% of it is jealousy. Just stay strong in the Lord, and don't answer back nasty. Probably the best thing to do most of the time is just don't answer back at all. Just keep on going with the Lord. Keep on doing good. Keep on walking with God, and you will be a great blessing. See, Jesus said you can have the hundredfold return in this lifetime with persecutions. So the persecutions, that's, that's just in a sense people having misinformed opinions about you. It's also opinions that are expressed in a negative, critical way. But that's all it is. It's just a person's opinion. But what is most important is what God's opinion is. Woo! I, uh, I talked to a man one time. He's, he's, well, I won't say his age. He's real old. Talked to him. Actually, saw him, oh, about a month ago. This is a man that you wouldn't know. This is a man that was friends at one time with the, with the world's leading prophet. You know, not, not prophet number 100. The number one prophet on the planet. The number one prophet in the world. And everybody knew who he was. And now that prophet passed away a long time ago. But this old man used to stand and minister with that world-famous prophet. And so, um, so this man told me, he said, one day... The prophet turned around and looked at me, and he said, Did you know you're supposed to be doing the exact same thing I am? You're supposed to be a ministry as a prophet, just like I am. And um, so this friend of mine, this old man now, was anointed with a remarkable prophetic gift. But you know what happened? He saw the persecution the way people wrote about and spoke about that great prophet. And because he saw the way he was persecuted, he completely pulled back and abandoned the call. And I talked to him about that one time. He even told me, he told me this. I don't even think he's told this. I don't even, I don't even think he's told this family this. And I'll never share it. I'll keep it secret. Nobody will know in the sense of who he is and what he shared. But he told me one time the Lord Jesus came to him in a vision. And this is after that great prophet had picked up on this man's calling and said, you're supposed to be doing what I'm doing. And this, this man told me that Jesus came to him in a vision and said, I'm offering you a place in the ministry office of the prophet. And, you know, this is not like, 
you know, like, you know, and then there's different levels and it's all good. But this is not like local level prophetic ministry. This is global. And the Lord offered it to him. I said, um, I said, well, what, what did you tell the Lord? Because the Lord appeared to him in a vision. He's talking to him, presenting him this. And I said, well, what did you tell him? He said, I told the Lord, Lord, I'd rather not. And uh, the Lord responded to him when he said that. And the Lord said, so you're saying that you do not want my gift. And he said, yes, Lord, I, that is correct. I, I don't want it. Mm. And the Lord, you know, hey, if you, if you don't want it, uh, the Lord didn't force it or anything like that. I said, what was the Lord's reaction to that? He said he was very disappointed in me. Mm. See, I told you, you wouldn't know who he is. <laughs> if, he, if he would have obeyed, he, if, he, if he would have obeyed, he, there's no telling how many people he could have touched because he had the anointing. He had the gift. He told me about some of the crazy words he was able to give people through the spirit of prophecy, supernatural knowledge, uh, just like the great prophet that everybody did know. I said, so why, why though did you just turn all of this down? He said, I didn't want the persecution. Mm. You need to make up your mind right now that if you want to walk in the glory and if you want to walk in the thick blessing and you want to walk in the wealthy place that God has for you, there will be some, not everybody, of course, there will be some, though, that don't like you. And it's not like you'll be able to explain yourself to them. Well, let me explain why you've misunderstood. Let me let me present my side. They don't want to hear that. They, they've already made up their mind. Look, it says with Jesus, there were those that hated him without a cause. So here's a sinless man that never sinned, yet he had accusers. He had people that, you know, spoke about him and told lies about him and things like that. So that's just something that you need to settle in your heart. But keep your joy, keep your joy, and move forward into this place of expansion and enlargement that God has for you. Because there's going to be many. There's going to be many, even especially unbelievers, that see what God is doing in your life. And they're like, well, hold on a minute. I knew them five years ago. I knew them ten years ago. Look what is going on. I, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about this. Praise God. And you'll be able to witness to many people. And so you also witness from a, a position of strength. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There needs to be champions in the body of Christ because many times to talk to a wealthy person in the world, they will not listen to you if you're broke. You know, they'll think that's nice. That's a nice message, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. They need somebody to speak to them also on a high level. You need to come in strong, and that's what God's going to do. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, it's your time for enlargement, for expansion. Now, be very sensitive as you're getting close to Pentecost. The Lord's really working. He's really preparing people for the new anointing that He is going to be releasing. Praise God. We're preparing here at the ministry to move forward in the ministry with the greatest push that we have ever made in the 20-plus years of the ministry's existence. Praise God. We're, we're moving forward. We are looking at signing with several major networks where the program, our half hour pure gold program, will be airing on these television 
you know, international platforms that's watched by millions of people. So I'm asking you to sow a seed of expansion and enlargement, a Pentecostal seed, a seed of expansion and enlargement into this project so that so that we can pay cash as we go, as we look at the contracts, as we look at the, uh, you know, the slots that are available and the cost and so forth, that we can make wise decisions and that we can move forward. We can take these prime spots, share the gospel and have the ability to pay for it up front. Praise the Lord. And we're believing that on Pentecost, we will have that empowerment to move forward with the financial commitments that we need to make. Because when you make a commitment, you have to sign a one-year contract. And we want to be able to do that and have the provision up front, praise God, to be able to make the signing. Hallelujah. So any seed that you sow into the Feast of Pentecost for enlargement and an expansion, so believing that this is your time to expand and increase, because I'm telling you by the word of the Lord that it is. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, with the COVID-19 and with the coronavirus, everything has come to a grinding halt. Not to covenant people, it hasn't. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's not limited because of a virus. God's not limited by these things. He has supernatural increase for you. And this is how you tie into it. Praise the Lord by sowing into it and working with your mentality, working with the way that you think. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A mentality of increase and enlargement. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today that this enlargement take place within their hearts and within the way their ways of thinking. Father, you said in your word that you gave Solomon enlargement of heart. That was a type of supernatural expansion and increase to dream and to conceive and to think and to plan for buildings and for the temple and for things that he accomplished. Father, I thank you for enlargement within the capacity of the heart of the person watching right now and within their mindset right now, a change for enlargement. Father, we banish poverty and scarcity mentality out of our thought processes. We banish it away in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we are going to see the great commission fulfilled of the gospel literally being preached to the whole world. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for the financial empowerment to do this. And Father, I thank you for the rising of your people. Lord, I see that you are going to anoint many with the anointing of the craftsman, of the carpenter, and you will be one of the ones that terrifies the kingdom of darkness because you have anointing, you have wisdom, and you have wealth, and you walk with the Lord, and you are using the resources that God has given you to preach the gospel, to support the work of the gospel. Praise God. And thus, you are a terror to hell. God is going to make many of you those craftsmen. He's going to turn you into a craftsman that will overthrow the horns, the evil powers. Praise God. And thus, thus Jerusalem will increase. Zion, the work of God, will increase and spread abroad through prosperity. 
Praise God. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the new anointings that are going to be coming for Pentecost. We prepare our hearts for that time, and we thank you for the work that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's get ready today to take Holy Communion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if you're watching today's program and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to get your life right with God today. Praise the Lord. Because you're not guaranteed a tomorrow, and you never know when your life could end, and you wouldn't want your life to end with all of your sins separating you from God, and thus, thus you now would find your eternal existence in hell and the lake of fire. So right now, get your life right with God. Jesus has open arms for you. Jesus had paid the penalty for your sin. He's already paid for it. So receive his forgiveness and salvation now. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner, but I know you died for me at Calvary to pay the penalty for my sins. So Jesus, I ask you to save me now. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And those of you that have prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Now, let us take some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the juice. We consecrate this and set this apart as holy through this prayer. This is now the flesh of Jesus and his blood. And we thank you, Father, that we are in covenant with you through the shed blood of Christ. We are covenant people. Woo! Father, we thank you that we're not like the heathen that are lost out there in their sins. We are covenant people. We have covenant rights and privileges. Thank you, Father God, not only in heaven, but in this life in which we live. Thank you, Father, that our lot and our portion is not what befalls them. We thank you, Father God, for stability. In so many ways, even like what Jabez cried out for, for enlargement of territory, for blessing, that your hand would be with us and that you protect us from evil and that you, you help us to not cause pain. Father, we give you all of the praise Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Now, we receive his flesh, his strength, and his wisdom now. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Woo! Washing away all of our sins, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are preparing us for Pentecost and a new anointing. Oh, God, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Help us to work with our mind. Help us to work with our mind. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we receive the blood of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what I'm getting from the Lord. Some of you 
will be instructed by the Lord to acquire certain things that would be considered wealth assets. Some of them maybe not even might not even be an asset. It's more like a wealth item, such as a very nice car. But when the Lord instructs, you must obey the Lord because it's for a testimony and it's for a purpose. And if nothing else, it's because he said to do it. So you need to be really, really sensitive to things like that. Praise God. And again, remember also, you can only witness to some people on certain platforms. And so if the Lord wants you to be there, you need to be there. And if you're not there, you can't, you can't speak to him. Praise the Lord. That's, that's things I've learned and experienced in life through ministry and so forth. So that's why whenever the Lord has wanted to lift me up, I'm like, Lord, go right ahead. But I know he has a purpose so I can minister to the people in various levels. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There will even be some that the Lord will instruct you when that time is right. And when that strength and ability is there to buy perhaps a certain type of vehicle. Well, you might think, well, that's, that's a very expensive vehicle. But the Lord, if the Lord says to do that, then you need to do that because it can be a, it can be a tool. I know of one very godly minister. I didn't know him personally. He passed away just a few years ago. But the Lord told him to, to buy a new Mercedes Benz. I mean, the Lord told him this was a, he was a heavyweight prophet. He could hear from the Lord and the Lord told him to buy a new Mercedes Benz and he didn't do it because he, he was afraid of what people would think about it. Now he had a worldwide ministry and he's riding around this little rinky dink car and the Lord said, buy a Mercedes Benz, you know, a big one and told him three times to do it. And each time he just kind of like said, Oh no, Lord, I can't do that. The people will make fun of me and say, Oh, he's just one of those prosperity preachers or something like that. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And then wham, the enemy hit him with an attack when he was in that small car with his family and somebody driving another car plowed into him. This, this world famous prophet plowed into him and killed his beloved daughter instantly. She was a beautiful young teenage lady. I think she was 18 years old. Killed her instantly. And of course, he had, he had things. He had, they, they all had heavy injuries. But oh, the grief, the grief, the grief. And the Lord healed his heart, and the Lord healed their bodies. But, you know, if he would have obeyed the Lord, if he would have obeyed the Lord, listen, you're going to have to just get over this thing about what people think. And you're going to have to go with the Scripture and go with the Holy Spirit. Because when it's all said and done, we're not going to answer before people. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to answer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord wants to put you in a nice house, and he says, that's your house, okay, and you have the money to buy it, and, you know, that's where you, then you obey the Lord. Or this kind of vehicle I want you to drive, then you have to obey the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I'm concerned, Pastor Stephen, about what uh, Jabez's brothers thought of it. Well, who cares what they think? You obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Because many of you, there's, there's a lifting up, and it's higher than you've ever thought. So you have to get ready. Because this enlargement and expansion is very, very real. Get ready to ride that anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is moving. This is, this is like the church is not just going into like a new decade. This is like the church going into uh, like a shift, not just a new decade. We're going from like a, like a church type feel. And the church, we're always the church. Where we're moving into more like a kingdom age. A kingdom age. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. So just move with the Spirit. And He's moving now. And He's going to begin to move real fast, real strong, particularly after Pentecost. Now let me say this. Thank you for preparing your Pentecost seed. Just, again, there's no pressure. All you have to do is just do whatever the Holy Spirit would tell you to do. Sow whatever He would tell you to sow. We've got about three and a half weeks before we're at Pentecost. So if you have it now and you want to bring it in, sow it in, you can do that or mail it or bring it in online. You can do that. But if you need to prepare it, you've got about three and a half weeks. So bring your best seed to the Lord for your Pentecost offering. This is for the new anointing. And there's going to be a great increase of expansion in your life. And that is 100% biblical. Praise God. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. There will be some of you that you'll be called by the Holy Spirit to raise up an orphanage. Woo, praise God. Now, I, I just, I got a very unusual word for a, a pastor while I was in California just a few weeks back. And um, I had, had not really given that word before. It's starting to come, I, I believe, more in my spirit for, for select people. But, well, I stood next to this one pastor and I said, well, this is interesting. The Lord shows me that you're going to have an orphanage and you're going to raise up an orphanage. Well, I had no idea he was raised in an orphanage. So that really ministered to him. And it was something that he always wanted to do. And now that is beginning to open up for him. But that's going to be something for some of you that you have a heart for that. God will put it in you. And you'll see many lives of young people spared. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So your money is going to be used for many, many good things. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for what it is that you're doing. Thank you, O God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So my friends, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay richly blessed and continue to work with your mind with a mentality of expansion and enlargement because that's God's plan for you in this now season. God bless you. Bye-bye.